0: Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Spencer had one session after his breakup, kind of. It wasn't really a session. It was mostly him bragging about his new life and how many women he was getting now. I usually don't prefer online sessions, but thank God this was online and not in person. I wouldn't have been able to last the entire 50 minutes of him bragging, which was, of course, an obvious attempt to relay information to Heather, even when I told him about the confidentiality. I think I said two words the entire session. But it was all he needed. He needed for me to know he was not alone. That he could quote-unquote fuck anyone he wanted. That he quote-unquote dodged a bullet. And that the breakup was a blessing in disguise. He even pulled up his shirt to show me his stomach. He had three and a half abs, by the way. What he was really telling me was he decided not to work on himself. Instead, he channeled his hurt and anger into sit-ups. He was out conquering women to prove something, not to have a corrective love experience, missing the chance to turn his breakup into breakthroughs. This is what I mean about growth soil calcifying. If you don't run toward yourself, and by running toward yourself, I mean going on an inner journey, You will never grow, or at least now, because you are running away from yourself. And of course, many people do different things when it comes to running away from themselves. In this case, uh, Spencer, and by the way, that's not his real name, but Spencer, quote unquote, um, pulling women uh, as a way to numb, as a way to seek worth and validation outside of self. So the more he did this, the more he was disconnected and running from self, the more he was um, finding a temporary drug instead of going on an inward journey, which of course is uncomfortable and you're sitting with self and you are working on um, the activation, the stuff that comes up, especially when we're single, you know, Uh, The loneliness, the self-doubt, all the what-ifs, the playing back old stories. And of course, you're not living there, but um, investigating and just learning more about yourself. And I read you these case notes. (laughs) I call case notes. Um, I share with you the story because uh, it's an example of someone. And I think many people can relate to this. I know... um, I was like this many times during my singlehood journeys where instead of sitting with self um I would try to fill that void um I unlike Spencer couldn't pull women <laughs> so I I wish I could uh I wish I could back then but um um I tried I tried I got a little action and uh I I poured myself into a lot of distractions you know and I think another piece To this, is asking yourself. And by the way, it doesn't matter if you're single or not. This is all of, you know, the whole single on purpose thing isn't just for people who are single, it's for anyone who wants to connect to themselves uh, first. When I said themselves, I was thinking, wait a minute, isn't it themselves? But then actually, it is themselves because there are different parts of us. And I remember when I was single to decipher what I'm doing that is unhealthy and what I'm doing that is healthy. What am I doing to numb, to run, to distract? And what am I doing to connect, to explore and to run towards self? Right. And, And I think this is sometimes confusing. I think this is muddy. You know, sometimes we're not really sure. I mean, there's the obvious, like if you're doing drugs or drowning yourself in your addiction, right? That, that, uh, that obviously is running away from, that could be numbing. Um, but I don't think dating or, uh, if you are, you know, um, being intimate or having sex with other people, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily unhealthy. I mean, you have to determine what, what is unhealthy. Uh, in this case with Spencer, um, that's all he was doing. And he was, uh, Avoiding honest conversations about self, so that's different, but you know you could you could uh be exploring your sexual needs when you're single. I think that's totally totally okay. I'm totally against um, shaming uh what is it called slut shaming so not just women but but any gender, just kind of like slut shaming in general um so as long as it is an empowering process if whatever you want to explore that's honest to you whether that is one night stands um i know for me uh because i've been in relationships for most of my life when i was single um one night stands w- w- they were more prescribed for me i wanted to explore in that way because i never you know had an amazing 20s in new york going to social events and hooking up with people and exploring my, my, my self and sexuality, I was in Los Angeles in long-term relationships. So, um, when I was quote unquote single on purpose, I, I wanted to kind of explore that. I didn't get far. I didn't I didn't get that far. I had a couple experiences, but, um, you have to sit and, and, and you have to be honest with yourself and ask yourself if it is good for you, you know? Um, the other thing I did was, I spent a lot of time by myself, and I think this is important even if you're in a relationship, you know, your connection to self. And what I did was um, I rode my motorcycle a lot. I went to the beach. I went running. Uh, I expressed myself creatively. So um, starting a blog, uh, you know, being active on social, just uh, getting involved in communities and uh, being of service. That was that was a huge north star for me. Uh, is waking up and trying to be of service in some way. It, it's super empowering. Uh, and if you are single, uh, you could be experiencing a lot of loneliness. To combat that, to not feel so alone and and like you know driftwood in the world, being of service, not making it about you, is is one way to kind of pull yourself out of the trenches. And so a lot of me connecting to self was to help other people. So I did that through blogging, through sessions, uh, meeting people at the coffee shop, the park. I did it also in a way that felt honest to me. Right. And that was important to me. Um, but yes, I spent a lot of time by myself. I went to cafes and diners, uh, brought a book or, um, you know, a journal and, uh, I took in an audiobook. I read. I journaled. I just uh, the diner became my 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 little safe tree, and I loved it. Uh, there aren't many diners now. I don't many diners uh, have not survived post pandemic. But I remember riding my motorcycle to diners in Los Angeles and uh, spending a lot of alone time, being pensive um, and taking in um, books and also conceiving, uh, expressing sharing, documenting, you know, and inherently, uh, I am a loner inherently. I am an introvert. Uh, and so I fed that, but at the same time I told myself, I'm not going to say no to anything social because I knew that, um, my default, my homeostasis was to not leave the house. And so I went to barbecues and I, um, uh, Went to things that um, I didn't want to go to, (laughs) that I judged, but I said, you know what, fuck it, I'm going anyway, it's good for me. It's what I believe is prescribed. You have to create your own program. Um, And you have to be honest with yourself. And you have to do things, of course, that feed your soul, but also, you got to do things that are uncomfortable. You know, I found fitness at 35. And... It fed my soul, and at the same time, it was extremely comfortable because uh, I, you know, had never pushed my my myself, my body, my mind in that way before. Um, but it was so good for me. It was so good for me to get out of the house to meet some people, to bump chest, and then do thrusters and burpees, and you know, on the drive home, be really happy um, about pushing yourself harder than you thought you could. And those were kind of coins deposited into my self worth bank. And it was also proof that I didn't need to be in a relationship. I didn't need to love someone to feel good about self. I think also when we get into relationships, it's very easy to lose that because, of course, we want to, you know, spend our free time with our partner. And so it's important to. Take the runway when you're single to build a life and a structure and a, and many habits that you carry onto um, your relationship when you find someone who you want to invest in. And don't negotiate those things. I mean, I still go on motorcycle rides by myself. I still um, work out every day uh, except the weekends. I still do things like Go on runs, and you know I've, I've gotten into ice plunges and sauna, and those are usually uh, things I do by myself. And then, of course, I have dinners, and I you know engage with my partner, and we've got family time and all that. Um, but the time spent alone, especially especially my creative expression, um, that that is one of the things I value the most. Is uh, if I don't create space for me to be creative. So it doesn't matter if I'm writing a book, doing a podcast, uh, you know, um videos on social media. It doesn't matter in in, in how that ripples outward. But if I'm not creative in some way, I my scales <laughs> change color. They turn dull very fast. And I start swimming in my own shit. I start getting depressed. It's something I know that I need. It expands me. Um so that's a non-negotiable, right? So you gotta know what you're not willing to negotiate. Uh, and then the other the other piece of this is um, to constantly be on an introspective inward inward journey. So reflecting on what is happening inside. So it's not just about expressing your feelings, but what is happening inside? You know, you're not just doing a lot of shit. You're not just distracting yourself by being busy. Um, but what is happening inside, and how is that connected to the greater? Part of being single on purpose is feeding your spirit and being on a spiritual journey. Big questions we ask ourselves about life and how we're connected and the meaning of this and purpose. You know, Um, I recently turned 50 and it has hit me that life is short and to let go of some things and to forgive some people and to. Get busy not being obsessed with being busy, you know, to seek nectar and moments, to be grateful for who's around me, to be grateful for what I've built, to be grateful for um, each day. And of course, also want, you know, want more and chase your dreams and, and all of that. But uh, holy shit, this year 50 has hit me like a, like a cold shower like a cold shower and uh, like a, like an, like an ice plunge. Um, and, and, and of course, part of it is me feeling older and realizing that, uh, high school was, uh, was it 30 years ago? I graduated high school in 1991. Uh, you were just an idea then. And, uh, holy shit <laughs> i can't believe how long ago it was you you, you want to know how old you are just get on facebook and start uh, flipping through the high school yearbook and seeing all the people what they're up to now and you know people with like five kids and uh i mean they just physically look different they're just doing different things and you're just like whoa my gosh uh because when when we're not Uh, looking out into the world, but just kind of consumed in our own thoughts and in our own trenches, and we are very narrow, it's very easy to not notice time, right? Anyway, um, the last point I want to make, and this the point of this podcast episode is that the growth soil – and this is why I shared that story with you in the beginning. The growth soil when you are single can calcify. There is urgency. There is a ticking clock and it's not uh, an internal ticking clock uh, created by society. The ticking clock is if when you're single, you're doing nothing but distracting yourself and running away from self, the opportunity you have to grow can calcify because you can meet someone who blows your knee high socks off and suddenly you are in a relationship. You had no plan on getting into something. And also don't you find that people fall from the sky when you're not looking when you don't want it, it happens. Right. And so, so then suddenly you're in a relationship and you're like, shit, when I was single, all these things I wanted to do, um, I don't have time for it. I mean, the truth is you do and you should, but let's be honest. When we love someone else, uh, yeah, we're not just thinking about ourselves, and we start sharing our Google Calendar and our free free time uh, becomes um, very short lived. And 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 it's okay. I mean, we want to spend time with our partner or who we're dating, and it's it's part of life and love, and it's exciting. And and you should you know you should do all that stuff. Um, but it's easy to fill up our schedules with um, the new person we're dating and. Um, We can forget about ourselves. So yes, the growth soil, the opportunity for you to lay new tracks and create a new life, it can calcify. So while you are spend your time wisely, Um, know that there's urgency. Get busy. Get busy building a better relationship with you. Thank you for listening, and also thank you for picking up – my book, Single on Purpose and Telling Friends About It, it's uh, been my most popular book. Um, and I think I think it also um, I got really lucky with the timing of it because uh, the swell of now, and I would say especially women, telling themselves I would rather be single. I'd rather be self-partnered than be in anything lukewarm or toxic or anything that just doesn't feel honest to me. And I think now, today, more than ever, we are putting ourselves first. Uh, and I think that's why the book is hitting a nerve and, and people are picking it up. So uh, thank you for that. And all of that is great news. You know, I think um, the generation before us was the generation that stayed in relationships way too long, that did it for the kids, that traced uh, the old Norman Rockwell <laughs> uh, painting. Right. The leave it to beaver, the, um, classic model of running toward the picket fence. That was our parents. And, and also I think part of me too, me being a, a 50 year old, I'm like right in beach cause I'm Gen X. So I'm post boomer, but not a millennial. So I kind of have one foot, uh, in the old school ways and I have one foot in the new and, um, it's this generation, it's millennials who um, I think have finally taken that painting down. Not just taking it down, but fuck, they're kicking, um, they're kicking a hole in the painting and saying, no, we want to live differently. We have learned <laughs> by watching our parents that the picket fence has splinters. <sighs> it's an exciting time. Thank you for listening. Be well.